Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Great to have you with us talking baseball on the radio as we take you up to today's first pitch. Exhibition play between the Indians and the San Diego Padres. Continuing coverage on the Indians Radio Network. Coming up on this week's show, we go one-on-one with Tribe Manager Terry Francona. Almost 40 seasons in professional baseball as a player, manager, coach, front office, you name it, he's done it. And really more years than that in the game because of uh, his dad's long career as a player and bringing Tito along with him during some of those playing days for uh, the elder Tito who passed away recently. So a lot to get to with Terry Francona, including why he enjoys spring training as much or almost as much as any other time of the year. Love spring training. If you lose, as long as something good happened that day, you know, it might be a kid in double A, you can kind of hang your hat on it and you don't lose sleep over losses. Also coming up on this week's show, a visit with Indians outfielder Michael Brantley on the mend quickly from that ankle surgery, has not played in a game as yet, but getting closer every day. And part of what he has become on this team is a veteran leader, and he talks about developing those leadership qualities. You know, I was a young kid. I, I remember just sitting back and watching Hafner, Grady, Chu, uh, Cabrera, Peralta, you name them, and just how they went, you know, about their work and you know how they were leaders and you know how they developed into you know great players and you know, long time you know major leaguer. We'll also be joined by Melvin Upton Jr. trying to make this club as a non-roster invite to spring training. And we'll get the latest news and notes from camp as we get rolling on Tribe Talk right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. First and foremost, it's great to get off to a good start on the field, but uh, there's some, been some other great stories around the team. The environment we have, the clubhouse culture, uh, it's pretty exciting because it's one thing when I'm talking about it, another thing when Tito's talking about what, what when the players embrace it and when they're the ones uh, that are expressing those thoughts, it's an entirely different dynamic, and uh, uh, it's pretty cool to hear. i tell you what, folks. Strap yourselves in. We're going to be here a while. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. As we join you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona, great to have you along for baseball talk on the radio. Tribe manager Terry Francona sat down with us recently to talk about this year's ball club, spring training in general, and some other thoughts on the game of baseball. And when you 
get that perspective from Terry Francona. You can take it back to 1980 when he was drafted in the first round out of the University of Arizona after a great collegiate career, and he has been in the game nonstop since then. Of course, that great background for him growing up with a baseball dad. His dad, the original Tito Francona, a fine player for the Indians and other clubs as well. So it's always fun to visit with Terry Francona and talk to him first off about this year's Cleveland Indians coming off a 102-win season a year ago. They didn't go as far as they would have liked in the postseason. But uh, as Tito says, there is so much to like about this year's team. You know, everybody this time of year is excited. You should be. You know, everybody's glass is half full. It, it should be. I think we have genuine reason to be optimistic. I mean, we won, we won 102 games last year. We have some changes, not a lot. I would say for most, we've had less change than most teams, which I think is good. Now it's, our, it's on us to get ready for a long season and try to see how good we can be. And that's fun. You mentioned the change part of it, but... Even really going back to when you first started here, there are some quite a few players who have been here throughout that time and kind of grown. What's it been like to see them develop into just good, solid major league veterans? I would venture to say we probably have more guys that have stayed than pretty much every team, and I give our front office ownership a ton of credit for that. They've tied up those guys. I mean, guys like Kluber, Carrasco, they'd be free agents, and they still have years left with us, so that's good. Um, I, personally, I think it's easier to get our work done because guys know what to expect. We know what to expect. It's not that you pull them back. I just think I think you can actually get more done because everybody knows for the most part what, what they expect. And camaraderie among them, I imagine, goes hand-in-hand hand with, a, with a good ball club if they're good players. And when you see that, uh, how important can that be, especially you know what? Times? And you mentioned something about the camaraderie and everything, and you know how much I believe in that. But I, like in spring training, we have, what, 65 guys here. You don't have to be the best player to get along with us. You know, it's just it's a given. You can't tell 65 guys they're going to make a 25-man roster. That doesn't mean they're not going to be respected, treated like they deserve while they're in camp because, you know, that's just the way it should be. I've, I've gotten so close to some guys that have never even played for us, but they've come into camp and they've been such, you know, Jeff Francoeur, Guys like that, that, man, you love them. Just you can't tell everybody they're going to make your team. One of the first things you do before the team takes the field for the first time is you get them all together and, and meet with them. And I know some people who were in that meeting said the, the word together about what's going to get them through a season is important. How so? That's probably the one thing we talked about more than anything is we, you know, togetherness. It's not that we're not going to struggle, but when we do, we're going to do it together. We're going to learn together. We're going to we're going to win together. We're going to compete together. We're never going to back down from a challenge together, and that's the idea. Um, it's it sounds you know everybody's going to talk about it. We have to find a way to do it better than all other 29 teams. That's hard to do because as we've noticed, there's only one team that can be left standing at the end of the year. We haven't been fortunate enough yet to be that team. We keep knocking on the door. We'll figure it out. And the foundation is pitching. Uh, starting pitching in particular, where the bullpen's been tremendous. Why is that important to play games where you know that there's that good foundation on the mound? Well, one, I mean, you have to win some games 9-8. to eight. We, we know that. It's hard to win like that all the time. doesn't mean you can't, but it's hard. When you got 
you got a guy going out there on the mound, and you know every time you score, that run is so meaningful. So even if you look up in the seventh inning and you've only scored one, uh, if they've only scored two or three, you're one hit away from being right back in a ball game. So if you catch the ball, if the ball ends up where it's supposed to, you always have a chance to win. Having a chance to win consistently is so meaningful in our game. You have a Cy Young Award winner twice now, Corey Kluber, at the top of the rotation. What does he mean to the rest of the staff? Can you put a measurement on How about that, first of all? I mean, two-time Cy Young Award winner. I mean, I remember my first spring we sent him to AAA. We didn't know, you know what we had. And through hard work and impeccable routines, he's a two-time. I mean, when you talk about Chris Sale, you're talking about Corey Kluber. What a what a compliment to him. Um, I think what it means is when, when we go face a good pitcher, when he's on the mound, we know we don't have to do something special. We just have to play our game because the other team is feeling the same way. They're like, wow, man, we're, we're facing one of the very best. Offensively, uh, two young guys, Ramirez Lindor last year, tremendous seasons. What have you seen from them that maybe is uncommon at a very young age in this game? Well, as good as Frankie is, and we all know how much he is, and I don't think Jose gets as much attention for being pound for pound the exact same player. I mean, this kid is a bona fide middle of the order bat, and he is a both sides of the plate. Well, both of them are. I mean, we're pretty fortunate. Whether Jose plays third or second, we've got two guys in our infield that we absolutely love. Both of them have got two, three years in the major leagues. They're only going to get better. Staying on Jose, does he look as mad as, as or is he as mad no. as he looks sometimes? No, that no, that's sometimes? just his, I laugh, because he'll, you know, his, he, he's got two answers, one's, and the other one's over here, like he just, but no, nah, he loves to play baseball, and he's comfortable on the field, that's where he's most comfortable. All right, savvy veteran in, in your lineup, Michael Brantley, uh, first off, health-wise, how's he doing, and what does he bring when he's even though he's had to battle through some serious stuff injury wise professionalism he's he's the he epitomizes that and if hard work means anything which I think we all know it does he'll be fine because he is his unbelievable I get to see it because I've been there in the winter I've been there early I see what he's doing when the cameras and lights aren't on and he works so hard and he's so diligent and he's in great shape and we're all pulling for him because with Michael, you put him in the outfield, put him in left field, leave him alone, get out of his way, and let him play 145, 150 games. You don't platoon, you don't worry about him, you know he's going to be there where he's supposed to, and that's a blessing. I know you have some moving parts at this point in the spring. Uh, how do you go about letting that all play out so that you get where you need to be, either opening day or the You know what? It, it does play itself out. Never worry about lineups early on. I care about the guys getting their at-bats. I care about the catchers getting enough at-bats with having to catch too long. So you'll see our catchers all the time hit second a lot of times. That's not where they're going to hit the lineup. But I want them to get that extra at-bat without having to squat so much. I care about guys getting their, 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 their at-bats. Um, as we get towards the and the spring, last 10 days, you'll start to see lineups taking shape. You know, But you know, our guys know each other so well, so you, I don't worry so much about the familiarity with guys because we've been together a lot. Postseason, I'm sure, is a lot of fun. 
regular season the games mean so much is this one of your favorite times of the year though love spring training you know if you if you if you lose as long as something good happened that day you know it might be a kid in double a you can kind of hang your hat on it and you don't lose sleep over losses um, because so often when you when you play a good game you know and you've seen this the young kids play at the end of somebody messed up a game it's it's okay, you know. That's the way it goes. Um, you got the NCAA basketball tournament going. It's just a good. I, I love this time of year. It's my favorite. Other than the playoffs, I loved it. Amen to that, Tito. Spring training, a great time of year to be sure. Now, for some, spring training can be well. It weighs a lot on the minds of those trying to make a ball club, especially a veteran player like a Melvin Upton Jr. Came up as a, a young phenom in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Had some great years when the Rays were a perennial playoff contender, including their World Series team back in 2007. He was a big, big part of that. Now at 33, trying to resurrect his career after some down seasons, especially a year ago when he was released at the end of spring training by the Blue Jays. Suffered a broken hand early on during a triple-A stint with the Giants and eventually was released at the end of the season. He's trying to make this ball club as part of that outfield picture, but looking back at last year, he says, well, it was one of the toughest years that he's had in a long, long time. Honestly, just unexpected. Um, just everything about last year was unexpected, but, um, you know, it's a game, it's a business, and then certain things happen in the game that you can't control, and um, it's kind of one of those years. And as a veteran player who, who's been on some good ball clubs and, and obviously has some goals heading into a season, uh, for you it was right at the start where you got hurt with the Giants. And uh, how do you handle that when, when you can see that there's going to be some rehab time and things like that? It's tough. I mean, obviously nobody wants to uh, spend their season rehabbing. So um, it was tough. But I had been through some rehab stints before. Um, obviously not as long as that. Actually, no, I had a couple as long as that. But um I think uh, it helped that I'd been through it before, and, and um, I knew it was going to be tough. I think more mentally than physically. Um, so I was mentally prepared for it, and um, I handled it the best way I could. So health-wise, starting spring training here, how are you feeling, and uh, what are you thinking heading into spring? Great. Um, body feels great. Um, don't feel like I've lost anything. And just to uh, just go out and have fun, man. Um, you know, just, just worry about the things I can control, and... Uh, just play. The Indians are, are the team that you're going to spring training with. How did that come about in the off season? Uh, just just kind of happened. Um, got a call from my agent. So we had a meeting with the Cleveland Indians. Um, said that uh, Tito wanted to talk to me, and obviously I was excited about that and had a great meeting, and um, deal was done not too far after that. So what are some of the things that, that you guys talk about? Is it is it as much you looking for information as it is the Indians, or, or uh, can it? It's more baseball, man. Just uh, and, and just uh, getting to know each other as people. I think uh, that's that's the most important thing. I think uh, you know, sometimes we get get um, you know too caught in the game and and forget that uh, still life is still people involved. So um, yeah, man, we just talk to each other. It's just like having a normal conversation. Um, I think there's more about life and, and just getting to know each other than, than actual baseball. And from the standpoint of, of team-wise here, what do you know about the Indians just from being on the other side, maybe things that you've observed in, in games in the past? You know what, man? They just, um, I feel like I've been been on a couple teams like this, and um, 
got a good good mix of, of younger guys mixed with some veterans and um, you know seeing them play from the other side man they 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 look like a group that that has fun and they're very close knit and and those are the some some of the things man that that you need to get to the next level. You've had an interesting career in that you came up as a, as an infielder, good shortstop, and. Now you've, you've been in the outfield, but it may come full circle a little bit uh, as you reach this stage of your career? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously started off as an infielder, made the transition to outfield. And um, obviously with the, the way the game's going with the Sabre metrics and all of that, um, thought about going back to utility guy. And so, um, I feel like it's something that, that could help my career and um, definitely help some ball clubs. That's Melvin Upton, Jr., trying to make this ball club as an outfielder in the mix, among others, who are in on those minor league invites here in Major League Camp. Stay tuned. Another outfielder joins us on the other side of our break, Michael Brantley, an all-star a year ago, but once again coming off an injury and trying to get back as quickly as possible to help the 2018 tribe. That's coming up after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. So it's a 3-1 count on Michael Brantley. Game tied at one. Lindor's at first. Two down in the tenth. Michael Brantley back healthy and trying to deliver a walk-off win. The pitch to him. Swing and a line drive. Base hit down the left field line. It'll head toward the corner. Lindor hits third. He'll try to score. Lindor's coming home. It's a game-winning double. Michael Brantley has come through, and welcome back, number 23. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. Baseball on the radio this afternoon coming up after our show. If you're listening to us live this week, the Indians will take on the Padres and we'll have it for you on the Indians Radio Network shortly after 3 o'clock. And then tomorrow with the time change of 4.05 first pitch, the Indians back home in Goodyear to take on the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, the Indians hoping to see Michael Brantley in game action fairly soon. He's been ramping up his baseball activities as he makes his way back from ankle surgery that took place after the season a year ago. He'll turn 31 this season, and the last couple of years have been plagued by injuries. But when he's been healthy, Michael Brantley has shown to be one of the better offensive players in Major League Baseball. And even last year, with a season cut short due to injury, he still was an American League All-Star based on his first half. And he was coming back from a shoulder issue that uh, caused him to start spring training late. But he got it going, was in the lineup on opening night, and had an All-Star first half for the Indians. What does 2018 hold? Well, first off, how is Michael feeling coming back from that ankle injury? Everything's going well. Um, I'm excited to be out here with this you know, group of guys, some new faces, and uh, enjoying being back on the baseball field again. And when you look back at, at last year, you worked so hard on the shoulder to, to get back. Um, the frustration level for you, how difficult was it? when the ankle gave you issues and, and you couldn't contribute the way you liked? I mean, I, I think anybody will say the same thing. If you're not out there with your teammates and competing at a high level, it's a little bit of frustration is always going to set in. At the same time, we have a good group of guys in that locker room that, you know, helps you get through it. And, you know, it's always asking how you're doing and always pushing you to get better. So they make it a lot easier for you uh, because of the great group of guys we have in there. 
and you were able to get back at the end and, and at least participate in, in the postseason. And, and what did that mean to you, even though you had the surgery after that, to at least get back and, and be a part of it? It meant a lot because I was trying so hard to get back, and you know I was working with the medical staff and doctors every day, just you know seeing you know what I could do and how we could progress and what we were going to do the next step. So it was a lot of hard work, and you know my hats off to everybody that helped me. I can't appreciate them enough, and I was able to get back. So you're you're trying to get back and at a certain time for this season. Uh, Last year's shoulder, this year ankle, a little bit easier because of the type of injury in terms of getting your swing going and at least being able to work on that a little bit more? Yeah, well, I'm already ahead. I'm, I've been hitting, I've been throwing, uh, running straight ahead. So I'm ahead of where I, I was last year already, which is nice. Uh, I'm able to work on my swing, so uh, it should be an easy transition to you know game-like activities. And uh, you know, just take it one day at a time. Um, yes, yeah, I, I don't want to keep going down this road, but at the same time, I know how to deal with it. Off-season, obviously some, a lot of hard rehab there, um, but a lot of players like to get away and, and just clear their head. Are you still able to, to fish enough to, to kind of give your mind a break? That's one thing I can't go without, I don't think, in my life. I love fishing. Uh, you know, that's my getaway. Um, I was fishing out the side of my golf cart. I'd pull up to the bank, leg up on the seat in a cast, and I'd get my fishing in every afternoon and just enjoy it. I take the kids on golf cart rides and, you know, it's just something to do to just kind of get your mind off it for a little bit and that's something I really enjoy. And you're down in Florida. What kind of fish are you hauling in? Bass for the most part. I couldn't take my boat out. I have two boats. I couldn't take my boat out because, you know, I had one leg. I was trying to make sure I, you know, I did everything the doctor said to stay off the other one at the time. And uh, I just was bass fishing around some golf course ponds that I live on and just enjoying it. Michael Brantley joining us. Uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier about your teammates and, and how they help you get through the, the difficult times. And, and a lot of them say, hey, Michael Brantley's a big help to us, specifically Francisco Lindor has mentioned that. Uh, how have you developed along those lines as your career has gone on to, to be able to help other players maybe without being too pushy along those lines? I just think you just kind of learn how it goes. Um, you know, I was a young kid. I, I remember just sitting back and watching Hafner, Grady, Chu, uh, Cabrera, Peralta, you name them, and just how they went, you know, about their work, and you know how they were leaders, and you know how they developed into, you know, great players and you know, long-time, you know, major leaguers. And uh, I just kind of sat back and I kind of just took the information that they gave me and asked some questions here and there. And then when Lindor came in, he kind of asked me some questions, and we just started off with a great, you know, friendship and you know relationship. And uh, he believed in what I was talking about, and he trusted me. And I think that's why, you know, we have such a good relationship when it comes to just kind of working off one another. And because of those relationships, I know that the Indians had a, a decision to make to, to pick up your option. Um, how did that all come together in a positive way for you, and how important was it for you to stay here? It was very important for me to stay here. Uh, I feel like we have unfinished business. You know, we've been close the last couple of years. I understand it. But at the same time, you know, there's nowhere else I wanted to be. Uh, this is the first place that gave me the opportunity to play in the major leagues. I'll forever be grateful for it. I don't take it lightly. Uh, I'm set out to do one thing just like everybody else in that locker room, that's to get that ring. And, you know, with the uh, quality of guys that we have in that locker room and, you know, what the management did this offseason to put us in a position to make another World Series run, uh, there's nowhere else I want to be. And you're part of a, a pretty large group that's been together for maybe a longer time than, than most teams are able to keep a, a good group together. And, and how important has it been uh, to be a part of that and, and share things with the Tomlins, Klubers, uh, now Lindor, but uh, Jason Kipnis and some others who've been here a while? Yeah, I mean, it's great because they're all a great group of guys that you mentioned and some. 
Uh, everybody cares about one another in that locker room. We're, you know, team first atmosphere, team first approach all the time. And I think that's something special. Uh, you never walk in our locker room and see clicks or, you know, people not talking to each other or you ever heard of a scuffle. It's not what we do. You know, we, we're all out to set out to, you know, reach that one goal and do it as a team. That's Indians outfielder Michael Brantley. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll check back in with Terry Francona and get some of the very latest news and notes from spring training camp. Tito's thoughts on the very latest coming up after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Goodyear, Arizona and the Indian Spring Training Complex. Baseball on the radio coming your way in just a little while. Earlier in the program, we had a chance to go one-on-one with Tribe Manager Terry Francona, touch on a variety of subjects as spring training was beginning. Now this week, some hard news in terms of the Indians roster as roster cuts were made on Friday, several players being sent to the minor league side here. And uh, Terry Francona talked about that with the Cleveland media on Friday. Not only the roster cuts, but some other subjects as well. Let's see, we optioned Willie Castro and Yu Chang. We reassigned Cole Salser, Nelly Rodriguez, and Robert Zarate. Uh, let's see, with, with Willie Castro, I mean, obviously, you know, first year guy in the roster, real young, but he got. I think he got 25, 20 plate appearances. So he got to play a little bit. Got to be around Lindor every day. And, you know, our guys in the cage, I think he's a young kid that just needs to go play. Pretty exciting young guy, though. So, you know, getting to spend three weeks with him was was fun for us. Uh, Yu Chang, kind of very similar. Um, Really interesting kid, you know, learning. Oh, thank you. Learning English, like, rapidly. got some skills that, you know, power for a shortstop, probably the ability to play third base also. But So he's another exciting young player. We're, we're excited about both of them. Cole Salser, you know, he was really disappointed because he had the broken rib. We reminded him that come June, nobody's going to remember that he didn't throw three innings in spring training. That was kind of the message. Uh, Nelly Rodriguez, I thought, had a really good camp. You know, coming on for the struggles of last year, he did a lot of work in the cage and looked like he's got an idea right now what he wants to do at the plate. And now, you know, go do it. But I think he's got a framework to, to be certainly more successful than before. Uh, Robert Zarate, you know, we didn't get to see a ton of him. He pitched a couple times. His elbow was a little balky for a couple days, and we told him he was going to be down for five days. And we were like, you know, by the time you come back and we gear you back up, the innings are going to be going away. So that was just the message there. How nice is it to have the depth at shortstop? I know you have Lindor up here. You know. But it's, you know what, if you're going to have a position where you, you know, because they obviously are athletic enough where a lot of times guys can move off there if need be. But we seem to have a few, which is good because we've all seen it through, you know, there's going to be attrition injury for whatever reason a guy doesn't hit like you think or you know just so having some guys that you think are pretty good is is in a number of ways it's good we we talked a little bit after the game about Gomes and kind of the thing he's been working on offensively using the whole field like we said going to right field just what did you see maybe 
last year and, and kind of what is the focus for this spring? You know, and, and it, it's easy to do. When you struggle, Some, you know, you, struggle can bring change. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. One of the things we talk to our guys a lot about is working to get back to where you are, you know, not always changing. He looked like he had a lot of different batting stances last year, different approaches, and I think through frustration, you know, led to some of that. So now that he's found a good base, okay, because you're going to lose that from time to time, but it's good that he's identified what it is and then he can fight to stay there, and that's important, and I think he understands that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard with the catchers because, I mean, there's six of them. I mean, getting six guys the proper amount of at-bats, is, it's impossible. I mean, there's no way to do it. So we've tried to DH him a little bit also. I think he's up over 20 plate appearances now. So that's better because it's just physically impossible to give everybody their at-bats. But as you see him get some at-bats now, you're starting to see him get some timing. I'm impressed for you with both him and Allen, kind of skipping Play and how they helped last year. And yeah. How important, I guess, is AAA for both of them at this point? I, I think it, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's It'll be a great step for them. I think people forget, like like you just said, they didn't really they go to AAA. And because they got to the major leagues, there'll still be some growing to do there in AAA, and it'll be good for them. Well, Sandy's been working with him a lot on his transfer. You know, he's got a really strong arm. He's been trying to clean up his transfer a little bit. Um, but like most young catchers, experience is the biggest thing. You know, running a game, learning how to guide a pitcher through a tough inning, things like that. Um, he's got all the physical tools that that you'd ever want. It seems like Gomer and, and Roberto embrace that part of it. They, well, I think he understands young catching. I mean, that's that's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, you got a lot on your plate. Um, but fortunately for us, like you said, Gomer and Roberto have embraced that from day one because it's really hard to win with a catcher that doesn't. I know you try him at third base in the fall. If you were well to the outfield, do you think that would take some time, or would be you know? Because he always says to us, you know, I'm a baseball player, just put me on the field. But. You know what? That's something that we need to down the road to talk about. Don't really know. I mean, we saw it with Santana the first couple of times we put him in the outfield. You know, we'd all hold our breath, right. and then after a while, he was fine. I think everybody's probably a little bit different. But like he said, he's a baseball player. It wouldn't shock me if he went out there and he was okay. Um, but that's down. That needs to be down the road a little bit. In your conversations with Berto and Dion, because I mean, Gomes has been the starter, and then down the stretch, Roberto kind of caught more innings. Do you, do you have to talk to them about? I mean, just sort of stripping away that label of one guy's a starter and one guy. Yeah, I've tried to because I know they both want to be. Right. You know, I, I don't. I don't blame them. I think they both have the 
ability to be frontline catchers. So, you know, for us, we're a better team having both of them. And so that means that, you know, I think I've said it a lot of times, we wouldn't treat it like a normal catcher, backup catcher. We're going to balance the workload because they both are deserving, but I think I think it's best for our team. What factors? Is it the pitcher you guys are facing? The oh, it, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, shoot, is a guy beat up? How's he swinging the bat? Usually how he's swinging the bat is last. But just there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's, you know, I mean, normally as the season progresses, you just try to do what's right with the lineup, and it kind of kind of explains itself as you go. The other day you had Torres go two innings. Just how, I mean, with him, is that just for him specifically? I mean, is that something that you No, we tried to. Goody went two yesterday. Yeah. Torres two. Max gone two and we'll go three. Um, we're trying to, uh, Otero will go two. Uh, I think it's, it serves a lot of purposes. One, it's good that they can all go one. Two, I think it's really good for their, their arm strength and their, their pitch development in spring training. What's been your impression of Cam Hill so far? He's interesting, yeah. really interesting. You know, he's a quiet kid, kind of unassuming, but he comes out and he's uh, the ball comes out of his hand pretty nice. He's a real interesting kid. I can think of worse things. Yeah. No, but he's a short right-hander. And he mm. says his stuff is, I mean, maybe not the same, but maybe similar. Pretty damn close. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. He's an interesting guy. You, know, you can get caught up in looking at the frame and miss what's coming out of the arm. You've talked about the Tom on dynamic for the playing the first baseman, potentially back. Um the Kemp example that you used the other day is when you're experimenting with something like that in spring. How nice is it out of the shoot to kind of get that type of example where you can already see, you know, maybe it's getting in that the runner's head a little bit or. Well, it's not so much an experiment as, I mean, it's. To me, it's more common sense, right. but it's maybe more not being afraid of. I think people get afraid of being embarrassed. Somebody's going to steal on us. Well, okay. If somebody steals, we're you know how many how many first to thirds have we saved, right. you know. So just, I just want to make sure that when we do something like that, you know, we don't get in the way of our pitcher. If he's standing over there, we're so worried about the runner that he's not executing his pitches. That doesn't make sense. We'll just hold him on. All right, guys. So there you have it. A lot going on in camp, and we appreciate as always Terry Francona's updates on uh, the happenings with the roster, and those will become more frequent here as we get deeper into spring training. Believe it or not, less than three weeks now from opening night in Seattle when the Indians take on the Mariners on March 29th. Now stay tuned. Baseball on the radio coming your way shortly. The Indians and Padres on Saturday afternoon. 
And then on Sunday afternoon, it's the Indians and the Brewers from Goodyear. We'll join you next week for another edition of Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse from Goodyear, Arizona, and Tribe Spring Training, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. It has been fun, though. Man.